volume two chapter five of the widow barnaby by francis milton trollope this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter five a young lady's plot a consultation and the happy result of it a terrible interruption and a dangerous expedition confidential intercourse mary peters left agnes considerably earlier than she had intended in order to communicate to her mother a project which had entered her head during the short time they spent together though the project however was formed during their interview the idea upon which it was founded had repeatedly occurred to her before short as the time had been that was given for its ripening this idea was suggested to her by the evident admiration of mr stephenson for her friend on which she had meditated as they drove from the mall to rodney place as she brushed and papilloted her nut-brown curls before her glass and as she strolled the next morning from her own home to that of agnes it might plainly have been expressed thus frederick stephenson is overhead and ears in love with agnes willoughby such was the idea but the project was concerning a much more serious matter namely that a marriage between the parties might easily be brought about and moreover that the effecting this would be one of the very best actions to which it could be possible to dedicate her endeavours to do miss peters justice she was in general neither a busybody nor a matchmaker but she was deeply touched by the melancholy feeling agnes had expressed respecting her own position she felt too both the justness of it and the utter helplessness of the poor girl herself either to change or amend it nothing but her marrying can do it thought mary and why should she not marry this young man who is so evidently smitten with her poor agnes what a change what a contrast it would be and if mamma will help me i am sure we may bring it about he is perfectly independent and violently in love already and she is a creature that appears more beautiful and more fascinating every time one sees her it was exactly when her meditations reached this point that she discovered it to be necessary that she should go home directly and home she accordingly went luckily finding her mother alone in her dressing-room i am delighted to find you by yourself mamma began mary i have a great deal to say to you and then followed a rapid repetition of all agnes had just said to her is it not a dreadful situation mamma she added so dreadful mary replied mrs peters that were not the youngest of you about three years older than herself i really think i should propose taking her as a finishing governess poor little thing what can we do for her now listen mamma answered mary raising her hand gravely as if to bespeak both silence and attention and do not i implore you mar the usefulness of what i am going to say by turning it into jest it is no jest mother mr stephenson the young man we saw last night is most certainly captivated by the beauty of agnes in no common degree i was near enough to her all the evening to see plainly how things were going on and were she less miserable in her present condition i might think it a fair subject for a jest or a bet perhaps on the chances for and against his proposing to her but as it is thinking of her as i do feeling for her as i do i think mamma that it is my duty to endeavour by every means in my power to turn these chances in her favour dearest mother will you help me but what means have you my dear girl replied mrs peters gravely i believe i share both your admiration and your pity for agnes as fully as you could desire but i really see not what there is that we can with propriety do to obtain the object you propose though i am quite aware of its value i will ask you to do nothing my dearest mother in which you shall find a shadow of impropriety would there be any in inviting this young man to your house should you chance to become better acquainted with him 
no but i think we must take some strangely forward steps to lead to this better acquaintance that will depend altogether upon his degree of inclination to it should he prove ritroso i consent to draw off my forces instantly but if as i anticipate he should push himself upon us as an acquaintance i want you to promise that you will not on your part defeat his wishes nay a little more perhaps i would wish you dear mother to feel with me that it would be right and righteous to promote them i rather think it would mary as you put the case agnes willoughby is by no means lowly born her father was a gentleman decidedly and i understood from my brother that the comptons though for some centuries i believe rather an impoverished race derive their small property from ancestors of very great antiquity so there is nothing objectionable on that tender point and for herself pretty creature she would certainly be an ornament and a grace as head and chieftainess of the most aristocratic establishment in the world so as a matter of conscience i have really no scruples at all but as a matter of convenance i can only promise not to check by any want of civility on my part whatever advances the gentleman may choose to make will this content you my little plotter yes pretty well for i am not without hope that you will warm in the cause if it goes on at all and then perhaps i shall squeeze an invitation out of you and so on and by the way mamma when are we going to have our little musical soiree i believe young de lacy is not going to stay much longer and if he goes what are we to do for our base we shall be puzzled certainly you may write the cards directly mary if you will mary rose at once to set about it but on opening a certain drawer in the commode and examining its contents she said we must send to the library mamma there are not half enough cards here besides i want you to walk with us and i want agnes to join the party may i send her a note desiring her to come to take her luncheon here i comprehend your tactics my dear agnes is to walk with us just about three o'clock when all the world are out and about we want invitation cards and may just as well when we are out go to the library for them ourselves there we shall be sure of seeing mr stephenson he will be very likely to join us etc 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 is not that your plan and if it is mamma replied mary laughing i see not that it contains anything beyond what has been agreed to by our compact very well mademoiselle talleyrand write your note this was promptly done and promptly dispatched and reached agnes about two minutes after major allen had taken his departure she was aware of his visit for betty jacks had obligingly opened her closet door to inform her of it and she now stood with the welcome note in her hand meditating on the best manner of forwarding the petition to her aunt not quite liking to send in the note itself doubtful of betty's delivering a message on the subject so as to avoid giving offence but dreading beyond all else the idea of presenting herself before the major major allen is still there jerningham is he not i have seen nothing of my aunt no miss he is this moment gone and a beautiful sweet man he is too agnes hesitated no longer but with mary's note in her hand entered the drawing-room to ask leave to obey the summons it contained she found mrs barnaby in a state of considerable but very delightful agitation the album was open before her her two elbows rested on the table and her hands shaded her eyes which were fixed on the interesting name of isabella d'almafonte in a fit of deep abstraction agnes uttered her request but was obliged to repeat it twice before the faculties of the widow were sufficiently recalled to things present for her to be able to return a coherent answer when at length however she understood what was asked she granted her permission with quite as much pleasure as agnes received it 
at that moment she could endure nothing but solitude or major allen and eagerly answered oh yes my dear go go i do not want you at all a liberated bird is not more quick in reaching the shelter of the desired wood than was agnes in making her way from sion row to rodney place and so great was her joy at finding herself there that for the moment she forgot all her sorrows and talked of the ball as if she had not felt infinitely more pain than pleasure there as soon as the luncheon was ended mrs peters and elizabeth mary and agnes set off upon their walk not over the hills and far away as heretofore but along the well-paved ways that led most certainly to the resorts of their fellow-mortals lucy and james having heard that the evening for their music party was fixed at the distance only of one fortnight declared that it was absolutely necessary to devote the interval to practice and therefore they remained at home if the plan of mary peters was such as her mother had described it nothing could have been more successful for even before they reached the library they met mr stevenson and colonel hubert the moment the former perceived them he stepped forward quitting the arm of his friend who certainly rather relaxed than accelerated his pace and having paid his compliments with the cordial air of an old acquaintance to mrs peters and elizabeth passed them and took his station beside agnes both she and her friend received his eager salutation with smiles mary as we know had her own motives for this and agnes had by no means forgotten how seasonably he had led her off on the preceding evening from her aunt major allen and the forsaken tea-table her bright smile however soon faded as she marked the stiff bow by which colonel hubert returned mrs peters civil recognition of him he too passed the first pair of ladies and joined himself to the second but though he bowed to both of them it seemed that he turned and again took the arm of stephenson solely for the purpose of saying to him are you going to give up your walk to the wells frederick most decidedly mon cher was the cavalier reply then i must wish you good morning i believe said colonel hubert attempting to withdraw his arm no don't cried the gay young man good-humouredly and retaining his arm with some show of violence i will not let you go without me you will find nothing there depend upon it to reward you on this occasion for your pertinacity of purpose colonel hubert yielded himself to this wilfulness and passively as it seemed accompanied the party into the library nothing could be more agreeable than the animated conversation of young stephenson he talked to all the ladies in turn contrived to discover a multitude of articles of so interesting a kind that it was necessary they should examine and talk about them and finally bringing forward the book of names fairly beguiled mrs peters and her daughters into something very like a little gossip concerning some among them it was while they were thus employed that colonel hubert approached agnes who of course could take no part in it and said are you going to remain long at clifton miss willoughby agnes blushed deeply as he drew near and his simple question was answered in a voice so tremulous that he pitied the agitation resulting as he supposed from their meeting in the morning which she evinced and feeling perhaps that she was not to blame because his headstrong friend was determined to fall in love with her he spoke again and in a gentler voice said i hope you have forgiven me for the blunt advice i ventured to give you this morning forgiven repeated agnes looking up at him and before her glance fell again it was dimmed by a tear i can never forget your kindness she added but so nearly in a whisper that he instantly became aware that her friends had not been made acquainted with the adventure and that it was not her wish they should be he therefore said no more on the subject 
but led by some impulse that seemed not certainly to proceed from either unkindness or contempt he continued to converse with her for several minutes and long enough indeed to make her very nearly forget the party of friends whose heads continued to be congregated round the librarian's register of the clifton Beaumonde. frederick stephenson meanwhile was very ably prosecuting the object he had in view namely to establish himself decidedly as an acquaintance of mrs peters and so perfectly comme il faut in all respects was the tone of herself and her daughters that he was rapidly forgetting such a being as mrs barnaby existed and solacing his spirit by the persuasion that the only girl he had ever seen whom he could really love was surrounded by connections as elegant and agreeable as his exigeante family could possibly require nor to say truth was his friend greatly behind hand in the degree of oblivion which he permitted to fall upon his faculties respecting this object of his horror and detestation it was not very easy indeed to remember mrs barnaby while agnes awakened by a question as to what part of england it was in which she had enjoyed the rural liberty of which she had heard her speak poured forth all her ardent praise on the tranquil beauty of empton it is not she said beguiled by the attention with which he listened to her into forgetfulness of the awe he had hitherto inspired it is not so majestic in its beauty as clifton we have no mighty rocks at empton no winding river that quietly as it flows seems to have cut its own path amongst them but the parsonage is the very perfection of a soft tranquil flowery retreat where neither sorrow nor sin have any business whatever and was empton parsonage your home miss willoughby yes for five dear happy years replied agnes in an accent from which all gaiety had fled you were not born at empton then no i was only educated there but it was there at least that my heart and mind were born and i do not believe that i shall ever feel quite at home anywhere else it is rather early for you to say that is it not said colonel hubert with a smile more calculated to increase her confidence than to renew her awe may i ask how old you are i shall be seventeen in august replied agnes blushing at being obliged to confess herself so very young she might be my daughter thought colonel hubert while a shade of melancholy passed over his countenance which it puzzled agnes to interpret but he asked her no more questions and the conversation seemed languishing when frederick stephenson beginning to think that it was his turn now to talk to agnes and pretty well satisfied perhaps that he had made a favourable impression upon the peters family left the counter and the subscription book and crossed to the place where she had seated herself colonel hubert was still standing by her side but he instantly made way for his friend and had he at that moment spoken aloud the thoughts of his heart he might have been heard to say there is nothing here to justify the rejection of any family she is perfect alike in person and in mind things must take their course i will urge his departure no further scarcely however had these thoughts made their rapid way across his brain before his ears were assailed by the sound of a laugh which he recognized in an instant to be that of mrs barnaby a flush of heightened colour mounted to his very eyes and he felt conscience-struck as if whatever might hereafter happen to stephenson he should hold himself responsible for it because he had mentally given his consent to his remaining where the danger lay and well might the sound and sight of mrs barnaby overturn all such yielding thoughts she came more rouged more ringleted more bedizened with feathers and flowers and more loud in voice than ever she came too accompanied by major allen 
no thunder-cloud sending forth its flashings before it ever threw a more destructive shadow over the tranquil brightness of a smiling landscape than did this entree of the facetious pair over the happy vivacity of the party already in possession of the shop mrs peters turned very red miss willoughby turned very pale mary stopped short in the middle of a sentence and remained as mute as if she had been shot even the good-natured elizabeth looked prim and the two gentlemen though in different ways betrayed an equally strong consciousness of the change that had come over them mr stephenson put on the hat which he had laid beside him on the counter and though he drew still nearer to agnes than before it was without addressing a word to her colonel hubert immediately passed by them and left the shop this last circumstance was the only one which could at that moment have afforded any relief to agnes it at once restored her composure and presence of mind though it did not quite bring back the happy smiles with which she had been conversing five short minutes before ah my sister peters and the children here cried mrs barnaby flouncing gaily towards them i thought we should meet you what beautiful weather isn't it how do you do sir to mr stephenson i think you were among our young ladies partners last night charming ball wasn't it dear major allen do look at these bristol stones ain't they as bright as diamonds well agnes you have had your luncheon i suppose with the dear girls and now you will be able to go shopping with me we are going into bristol and i will take you with us agnes listened to her doom in silence and no more thought of appealing from it than the poor criminal who listens to his sentence from the bench but mr stephenson turned an imploring look on mrs peters which spoke so well what he wished to express that she exerted herself so far as to say we had hoped mrs barnaby that you meant to have spared agnes to us for the rest of the day and we shall be much obliged if you will leave her with us you are always very kind dear margaret returned the widow but i really want agnes just now she shall come to you however some other time good-bye good-bye we have no time to lose come agnes let's be off a silent look was all the leave-taking that passed between agnes and her greatly annoyed friends mrs barnaby took her arm under her own and as soon as they quitted the shop bestowed the other on major allen she was in high spirits which found vent in a loud laugh as soon as they had turned the corner what a stuck-up fellow that great tall colonel is major allen said she do you know anything of him if i am not greatly mistaken he is as proud as lucifer i assure you if he is proud my dear madam it must be a pride of the very lowest and vilest kind merely derived from the paltry considerations of family and fortune for entre nous he is very far from having been a distinguished officer the duke of wellington indeed has always been most ridiculously partial to him but you lowering his voice you are a pretty tolerable judge of what his good opinion is worth yes yes major i shall never be taken in there again why agnes how you drag child i shall be tired to death before i get to bristol if you walk so will the young lady take my other arm said the major thank you dear major you are very kind go round agnes and take the major's arm no i thank you aunt i do not want any arm i will walk beside you if you please without taking hold of you at all nonsense child that will look too particular major said the widow turning to him upon which without waiting further parley major allen dropped the arm he held and gaily placed himself between the two ladies saying now then fair ladies i have an arm for each 
agnes felt the greatest possible longing to run away but whether it would have strengthened into a positive resolution to do so upon once more feeling the touch of the major's hand which upon her retreating he very vigorously extended towards her it is impossible to say for at that moment the sound of a rapidly advancing pair of boots was heard on the pavement behind them and in the next mr stephenson was at her side he touched his hat to mrs barnaby and then addressing agnes said if you are going to walk to bristol i hope you will permit me to accompany you for i am going there too agnes very frankly replied thank you and without a moment's hesitation accepted the arm he offered i am sure you are very obliging mr stephenson said mrs barnaby and we shall certainly be able to walk with much greater convenience i think you two had better go before and then we can see that you don't run off you know this lively sally was followed by a gay little tittering on the part both of the major and the lady as they stood still for mr stephenson and the suffering agnes to pass them the young man seemed to have lost all his vivacity he spoke very little and even that little had the air of being uttered because he felt obliged to say something poor agnes was certainly in no humour for conversation and would have rejoiced in his silence had it not made her feel that whatever might be the motive for his thus befriending her he derived no pleasure from it ere they had walked a mile however an accident occurred which effectually roused him from the dejection that appeared to have fallen upon his spirits a herd of bullocks met them on the road one of which overdriven and irritated by a cur that worried him darted suddenly from the road up to the path and made towards them with its horns down and its tail in the air on seeing this the young man seized agnes in his arms and sprang with her down the bank into the road the animal whose object was rather to leave an enemy behind him than to do battle with any other passed on towards the major and his fair companion who were at a considerable distance behind leaving agnes trembling indeed and somewhat confused but quite unhurt and full of gratitude for the prompt activity that had probably saved her as soon as she had in some degree recovered her composure she turned back to ascertain how her aunt had fared mr stephenson assiduously attending her and they presently came within sight of a spectacle that had any mirth been in them must have drawn it forth major allen by no means approving the style in which the animal appeared inclined to charge them had instantly perceived as mr stephenson had done before that the only means of getting effectually out of its way was by jumping down the bank which at that point was considerably higher than it was a few hundred yards farther on nevertheless though neither very light nor very active he might have achieved the descent well enough had he been alone but what was he to do with mrs barnaby she uttered a piercing cry and threw herself directly upon his bosom exclaiming save me major save me in this dilemma the major proved himself an old soldier to shake off the lady he felt in every sense of the word was quite impossible but there was no reason that she should stifle him and therefore grasping her with great ardour he half carried half pushed her towards the little precipice and skilfully placing himself so that if they fell she should fall first he cried out manfully now spring and spring they did but in such a sort that the lady measured her length in the dust a circumstance that greatly broke the major's fall for although he made a considerable effort to roll beyond her he finally pitched with his knees full upon her thus lessening his descent very materially when the young people reached them they had both recovered their equilibrium but not their composure major allen was placed with one knee in the dust and on the other supporting mrs barnaby who with her head reclining on his shoulder seemed to have a very strong inclination to indulge herself with a fainting fit 
her gay dress was lamentably covered with dust her feathers broken and hanging distressingly over her eyes and her whole appearance as well as that of the hero who supported her forlorn and dejected in the extreme are you hurt aunt said agnes approaching her hurt am i hurt gracious heaven what a question if my life be spared i shall consider it little short of a miracle oh major allen she continued with a burst of sobbing where should i have now been but for you trampled or tossed mrs barnaby trampled or tossed to death decidedly replied the major not wishing to lessen her sense of obligation yet restrained by the presence of witnesses from expressing his feelings with all the ardour he might otherwise have shown most true most true she replied never shall i be able to express the gratitude i feel can you not stand up aunt said agnes whose cheeks were crimsoned at the absurdity of the scene how will you be able to get home if you cannot stand god knows child god only knows what is yet to become of me oh major i trust myself wholly to you poor agnes uttered a sound not much unlike a groan upon which mr stephenson on whom it fell like a spur urging him to save her from an exhibition so painfully ridiculous for it was quite evident that mrs barnaby was not really hurt proposed that he should escort miss willoughby with all possible speed back to clifton and dispatch thence a carriage to bring mrs barnaby home major allen who desired nothing more ardently than to get rid of him seconded the proposal vehemently you are quite right sir it is the only thing to be done he said and if you will hasten to perform this i will endeavour so to place mrs barnaby as to prevent her suffering any great inconvenience while waiting till the carriage shall arrive ought i not to remain with my aunt said agnes to mr stephenson but in a whisper that was heard only by himself in my opinion you certainly ought not he replied in the same tone believe me he added i have many reasons for saying so nothing but her earnest desire to do that whatever it might be which was the least improper for that as she truly felt was all that was left her could have induced agnes to propose inflicting so terrible a penance on herself but strangely as she was obliged to choose her counsellor there was a grave seriousness in his manner which convinced her he had not answered her lightly and therefore as her aunt said not a word to detain her she set off on her return with as much speed as she could use saying as she departed depend upon it aunt there shall be no delay mr stephenson again offered her his arm but she now declined it and the young man for some time walked silently by her side wishing to speak to her yet honestly doubting his own power of doing so with the composure he desired at length however the silence became embarrassing and he broke it by saying with something of abruptness will you forgive me miss willoughby if i venture to forget for a moment how short a time it is since i have had the happiness of knowing you will you forgive me if i speak to you like a friend indeed i will and be very thankful too replied agnes composedly for his manner had taught her to feel assured that she had no cause to fear him you are very kind he resumed with some little embarrassment but i feel that it is taking an almost unwarrantable liberty and were it not that this walk offers an opportunity which i think i ought not to lose i might perhaps endeavour to say what i wish to mrs peters i allude to major allen miss willoughby i wish you could lead your aunt to understand that he is not a person fit for your society though he is probably a stranger here he is well known elsewhere as a needy gambler and in short a most unprincipled character in every way good heaven exclaimed agnes what shall i do can you not venture to hint this to your aunt said he 
she would probably be very angry replied agnes with spontaneous frankness but what is worse than that she would i know insist upon my telling her where i heard it say you heard it from me miss willoughby replied the young man new as agnes was to the world and its ways she felt that there was something very honourable and frank in this proceeding and it produced so great a degree of confidence in return that she answered in a tone of the most unembarrassed friendliness will you give me leave mr stephenson to repeat this to mrs peters and mary they will know so much better than i do what use to make of it indeed i think you are right he replied eagerly and then the anger that you speak of will not fall on you it will not in that case i think fall on any one said agnes my aunt has fortunately a great respect for mrs peters and if anybody can have influence over her mind she may can it be wondered at if after this the conversation went on improving in its tone of ease and confidence it had begun on the side of the young man with a very sincere resolution not to suffer his admiration for his lovely companion to betray him into a serious attachment to one so unfortunately connected but before they reached sion row he had arrived at so perfect a conviction that he could nowhere find so pure-minded and right-thinking a being to share his fortune and to bless his future life that he only refrained from telling her so from a genuine feeling of respect which perhaps the proudest peeress in the land might have failed to inspire no thought he it is not now while she is compelled by accident to walk beside me that i will pour out my heart and all its love before her but the time shall come agnes ere they parted again appealed to him for his opinion whether she ought to go in the carriage sent to meet her aunt no indeed i think not he replied has she no maid miss willoughby who could go for her oh yes exclaimed agnes greatly relieved i can send jerningham sweet creature whispered the enamoured frederick to his heart what a delicious task to advise to guide to cherish such a being as that his respectful bow at parting the earnest silent lingering look he fixed upon her fair face ere he turned from the door that was open to receive her might have said much to a heart on the qui vive to meet his half-way but agnes did not observe it she was looking up towards the windmill and thinking of her early morning walk and its termination End of chapter five